Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. My relationships are rich, deep, and authentic. I see you, I hear you, and I feel you. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. And here we are on the couch every Wednesday doing all of the topics that you guys keep feeding us with, but we've got one today that Jane decided to feed me with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She actually talked to me on the phone the other day and she said, have you heard of this poem called The Invitation? I'm like, no. Jane's like, well, it's been around since 1999. What do you mean you haven't heard of it? I've got it printed on my wall. I'm like, I've never heard of it. Jane, do you want to give the background to this poem? Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, I actually can't remember how it was originally sent to me. I think it might have been an email from a friend. And I read it and just it just resonated with me so much. Uh, it, it was like a statement of what I care about in life. And it almost talks about the frustrations that I see in life that other people perhaps fall for. Mm. And so I printed this off and I was sharing it with everybody. I was getting them in those days laminated and I'd do some cute little craft on it. And, <laughs> and um, in fact, I think I was, teaching, I was teaching scrapbooking then. So I think I, uh, I had a, a whole class around let's do this beautiful page around this yeah, poem. For those of you who've just joined us, Jane has had every career that you could care to name. <laughs> I get bored easily. Yeah, you name it, Jane's actually done it. Yes. <laughs> And so uh, then I have found out that the author of the poem, which is Orion Mountain Dreamer, what a gorgeous name is that, I know, had had so many emails uh, about this poem, it just went viral, and people were questioning, asking about certain parts of it, what did she really mean by it? So she wrote a book which went into much greater exploration of uh, about how she came to these beliefs. So I thought what we'd do today is rather than read the whole long poem out, we'd read it in sections and then have a bit of a chat about what that means to us mm, and cool. how did we come to, to agreeing with that that statement or not agreeing. Mm. And what explore it. It's, um, they're very powerful statements. It's not a rhyming poem. It's almost more of a... It's like a statement it's a piece. Statement. She's it's just a statement of her, of her speaking to another of what she really cares about in her connection with another, mm. hence the affirmation that uh, I used to open the show with. Do we know if she's Native American Indian? I actually haven't gone that far, but yeah. I would say by her name you yeah. would think so. If you Google it, you'll find it anyway, The Invitation by Oriah with an O, Mountain Dreamer. So the first um, parable almost says, <clears throat> it doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. It doesn't interest me how you how old oh, you want to stop there, do you? Well, I don't know. What do you think? Okay, all right, we'll just go. Okay, we're going to go sentence by sentence. Okay, stumble, stumble there. Let's just start that again. So it doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for and if you dare of dream to dream of meeting your heart's longing. What I personally loved about that is that at Social Aid, where I match people up and I organise all these gorgeous events and dinners for single people, one of the questions, of course, is what do you do for a living? And then one of the questions is, you know, what type of people would you like to be meeting? And it astounds me the number of people that tell me about the type of career they want somebody to have. And I just don't understand this validation of what we do for a living I really don't care. So when this was the opening line, 
I went, yay, someone's got my kind of thinking. I don't want people to be defined by where they live, what car they drive, what address they went to, what their parents did for a living. You know, we're talking Mm. about adults. Who cares what school they went to? Don't define me by other people's choices. I just don't want to be defined that way, you know. It's such a huge trapping and it's a real carryover from the days of nobility, like are you related to the blue bloods, what class system are you in. It's a hierarchy. It's all about hierarchy. It's very old school, but as we all know, it still exists everywhere, carried on by people's deep-seated insecurities about if I associate myself with this mob, it will make me look better by comparison, and if I actively, vocally, hostilely distance myself from that mob, I'll be seen to be higher or better or other than. Exactly. Mm. And then that next part of it Mm. is, and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing, you know, it's almost like are you just performing what you do for a living because this is how it's meant to be and what other people, you want to be perceived a certain way versus what makes your heart sing? I get so excited when I have somebody. One of the biggest extremes was that um, I had somebody who was a surgeon who, and I have to be careful because if I share too much, it will identify the person. I don't want to do that. That's not Ch- fair. Change all details and names. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah, okay, it was a surgeon. Um, through unusual circumstances, um, had a massive life trauma and decided that this person wanted to go to art school, had always wanted to paint. Oh, I love it. So um, the person went and... Yeah. did very part-time surgery and then went and enrolled in art school. Yeah. Now, if that person was really uh, surrounded by people that, oh, so-and-so's a surgeon, mm. um, you know, which means highly educated, highly intelligent, highly skilled, highly paid, highly revered by Western society, mm. to turn around and be a, a dirty, smelly, stinky, you know, art student on the bones of their ass with a paintbrush in their head. That's right. But I was so excited by that. I love it. I've watched people that have walked away from corporate jobs because they've bought a hobby farm or a farm that's got enough that it can actually produce a little bit of an income and it makes their heart sink. So that's what I think that's I about. think it makes your heart sink. And that is the core of your type of um, – that's what excites you. I've always seen that yeah, in you. Yeah, it does. So that's really it does. Cool. follow your joy, follow your passion. see why this poem grabbed Jane right from the opening line. So the, so the next line says, it doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. Now, this how old you are thing. I know. (laughs) I can speak from real experience here because without going into too much detail either, even though I know know people always love to hear the the nitty-gritty of everything, but let's just say I have definitely known love with people who are extravagantly younger than me. I'm talking a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot younger than me. And I've got a girlfriend whose husband is 17 years older than her and she met him when she was 20. You can imagine what people were saying. Been together 20 years though. Yeah, right? yeah. Now, I know that we all know of examples like this. I'd just like to say from a spiritual point of view how especially these days when so many old souls are returning to populate the earth and so many of the children now are just picking up where they last left off. They're not here to learn anything. Are you kidding? You can't teach your children anything. They are just re-remembering and hitting the ground running, and they're here to take away the world that we know it, break it down, and build it back up as something new. So, so, so age is a number because we are all at this level of the journey pretty much old souls. 
I also have a, have a take on this too, where this is about, again, what we are expected to be like at a certain age. And I think this is about the freedom of, you know, do you, are, are you saying, well, I'm 60 years old, I shouldn't be rock climbing. Absolutely. You know? And in fact, I look at that and think, you know, my little trip to Thailand recently where I rolled a quad bike. Yes. Because yes. I connected so deeply with nature there. I connected so deeply with freedom. And I wanted, I felt so alive and I wanted more of it. So yes. I was just grabbing all sorts of experiences. Never use age as an excuse. And I, that's right. It, it, it is irrelevant. It really is irrelevant. And, and absolutely as you tip into the older end of the scale, people will give all sorts of reasons as to why they can't do, do things. And that's only insecurity and fear. You know, it's never your age that's holding you back. It's absolutely your attitude. Jane, do you want to read the next slide? A couple of lines? It doesn't interest me what planets are squaring your moon. I want to know if you have touched the centre of your own sorrow, if you've been opened by life's betrayals or have become shriveled and closed from the fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. Gosh, this is big. Well, this that is a whole show. Line, I know, well, that last line is actually... I have a girlfriend that is sitting in a lot of pain at the moment uh, with a very ill parent and she was wanting to fix it and she couldn't fix it. She wants to run from it. And so I actually, that's why the invitation came back into my mind was I suddenly went, ah, this will be good for her. So I Googled it and sent it off to her and and it was this particular line. Um, I think, you know, the thing about the planets are squaring in your moon, I feel personally for me, that's about while, you know, we're big on all of that, on moons and understanding, but it's also about let's not blame other things, let's not be the victim. Well, let's not hand over like, oh, it's destiny or it's all written in the star or, you know, this and that is de determined and fate and decided because from my understanding it is always a combination of both. There is definitely the predestined, but we all have free will. Choice. And we have to make yes. the universe halfway. It's not all just going to happen to us. We have to show the proactive intent and the want and the need to build the bridge and meet the universe halfway on everything. So, yeah, it's not just like, – I think people do get too caught up in, you know, things like your astrology or whatever and, oh, yeah, you know, here's Uranus squares, this is Neptune and his, Mercury's in Leo and da-da-da-da-da. And it's, it's, it's almost like we've – we're not actually talking at a real level anymore. Yes. I have people come to me and say, you know, I'm into astrology and I only want to meet people. In fact, I had a lady last night that joined who is Asian and so she's very big on all of that. And she said, I only want to meet, um, because of the lunar moon, I only want to meet people born in this year, this year, this See, year, this that year. that is amazing. And I've just gone, really? Are you seriously like, restricting yourself? What are you missing out on if you are limiting yourself to rules of any nature? Yeah, you that's know? right. And it's actually a bit of a um, a sort of an insecure, immature thing to do in a way. It's like the list data who says, you know, they're yeah. gonna, this has to be this, 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 or this, or I'm not interested. It's like otherwise I don't have a good chance of success at having an amazing relationship. Which it's like, really? It doesn't make sense. So, but I love that last bit here of I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. Yeah. Now, once I read that, that was a big aha moment for me reading that because I don't think I'd ever done that before. I think I'd always been misfix it. You know, let's hear your problem and, yes, I'll cuddle you and I let people have their pity party, but then it's like, right, let's move into action. Yeah. Whereas after reading this, one of my dear friends had read this at the same time that we'd shared it, 
And then she had a tough moment and I remember being on the phone to her and I just sat there in it. I just sat in it and listened as she went through her stages of venting and anger and sadness and crying and then just some peace. Yeah. She's got her energy out. People, emotions are not things to be quickly rushed through or dealt with or fixed up or patched or shoved under the pillow and just and move on to Tuesday. Like it's emotions are crying out for their own valid time and place. Now, we don't want to hang on to an emotion like grief or bitterness or resentment or even unnatural joy for decades and decades and decades because you are not then passing in and out through the full spectrum of colours naturally like the seasons change. However, I think also like it's really become brought to my awareness lately that the modern spiritual relationship is one which unless both parties can articulate and honour their deepest feelings and pains in a vulnerable, open way. In fact, why limit this to relationships? Business? Oh, everything. Anything. Everything. Every yes. facet of your life that you show up in, if you're not prepared to really be seen, and that means sometimes you'll have a crap day, you might show an actual emotion, you might need to express a fear or an anger or a hatred or a distrust or whatever that is coming up out of you, if you cannot do that, you are ducking and avoiding what it means to be a human and you're only living half a life and it's actually quite numb. I also want to say that for empaths, we know we've got quite a few that are listeners, is that I actually found it really empowering to actually just practice sitting in someone else's pain, not take it on. Good one. It was a really good exercise. So I encourage you that next time somebody comes to you a bit broken, yeah. just sit in it with them. Because and often we, that's all we want is somebody to just sit with us and hear us yeah. out. We don't actually want other people to fix things. It's, it's just, just that have whole Mars Venus thing, how they say to the men, don't jump in and try and offer solutions. The woman just wants to talk about it and then she'll feel better. But women are just bad because we do want to be the nurturers and the healers and the people pleasers yeah. and the helpers. And we, it's like our mood or our day is ruined if, you know, our youngest child has a problem or our, our husband isn't happy or our best friend's suffering. We suffer too. And to some extent we need to rein in the boundaries a little bit with that and keep some self-reserves and some self-energy containment. very empowering. Yeah. It's very empowering. Yeah. I want to know if you can be with joy, mine or your own, if you can dance with wildness and let, let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes without cautioning us to be careful, to be realistic, to remember the limitations of being human. I love it. I I love it. I think this is about actually getting outside again of your comfort zone again. It's about what will other people think of me. There was a song that came out, was a couple of years ago, I've got the moves like Jagger. Yes. Yes. Well, for some reason, that song just, you know, as an ex-hoofer, that actually just had my body grooving. And I can remember being in Westfield, Marion, which is a massive big uh, shopping centre, huge shopping centre with all the malls and everything. And um, the song came on and I just started grooving and both of my girls looked at me in horror <laughs> and ran and hid from me. I don't blame them. When you're and a teenager. in that moment I stopped and I went, oh, that's right, I can't embarrass them. But then I thought, actually, I had a little moment of pride. Now, I know pride's supposed to be a deadly sin, but I actually had a moment of celebration of my boldness to actually just break into that and actually not think, uh, who's around? Yeah. I'm not trying to impress anyone. I just went, I want to dance. Now, don't you love it when if there's a group of people at a barbecue and then there's the young little five-year-old child who starts twirling and twirling and dancing 
on their own because they've heard some music or they're just playing and they have they haven't got that filter yet that's the I worry about what people think of me yet filter yeah. and you've just gone back to that childlike oh, moment of innocence brilliant. brilliant I love that and I love but that. I've always been a bit also a little bit defiant where I do do things like that mm. to stir it all up yes you know I'll be the first <laughs> but it's about being silly you know I'll be the first to be silly I think that this paragraph as well so she's talking about um how people get all encumbered by remembering the limitations of being human. Like yeah. it's about dreaming big. It's, you know, every now and then it's a good thing to do just to like hop on YouTube and just listen to a little five minute, like self, like, uh, what's it called? Almost like a motivational speaking video. Like I, Dr. John Demartini. Yes. Now and he talks about his goals are always one expansion wider than where he's at. Right. So for example, when he first started public speaking, he had a, um, Let's say he had a dream of he wanted to get his message out to everybody in the state he lives in, but his goal was actually to do it for all of America. And then as he did it for all of, started to work to, he moved out of his state and into America, it became all of the world. Mm. And now he's universal. Right. So you take your expansion to something bigger than actually where you're at so you can hold the energy Thinking and, big. And, and, and expand it. And yeah. I found one just the other day. It's a guy called Ryan Jones who I'd never heard of. And, you know, it was a little bit lightweight compared to the depth that I'm used to, but sometimes just having a good motivational rant in your ear about, come on, you know, you're only here once. Well, I don't believe that, but it's that kind of, you know, you've only got this lifetime. Go for it. What are you waiting for? Push yourself. Be amazing. Get off the sidelines. Sometimes Brilliant. you just need to hear that. I love don't that you? you're saying that because this morning I've been Googling all the NBA um, motivational things of, you know, Michael Jordan and all of those amazing superstars because yes. I'm putting together a little motivational thing for my daughter's well, volleyball. Have a look at Ryan. Jones because he uses a lot of sports imagery and like weightlifters okay, and well, Olympic champions. When we're not recording. And the, the other thing I want to say is is that I was reading Scott Pape the other day, who's the barefoot investor. So he's kind of like this amazing kind of holistic money spiritual guru. And he said, and I had, this is one of the busiest guys ever. Like, you know, he's he is a busy, busy, in demand, nationally known figure. But every day, every morning, he he tries to do it every morning. I'm sure he doesn't get to do it every morning, but he challenges himself. He's got an old school hourglass on his desk. It's a 15 minute sands through the hourglass. He flips it over and he challenges himself to spend 15 minutes just thinking big. Wow. Thinking how much bigger he can go than how he's currently operating at. I love it. Isn't that cool? I love it. That's very cool. Go, Scott. It doesn't interest me if the story you were telling me is true. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. If you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your, betray your own soul, if you can be faithless and therefore trustworthy. God, I think there's an hour-long podcast just in that one. <laughs> but the first part I absolutely love about, um, you know, it doesn't interest me if the story you are telling me is true. Every story is true or every story is not true. There is no, there is no ultimate truth. Yeah except the truth of what one person is experiencing. And, you know, I've got friends that are have just going through a separation at the moment and, and, you know, both of them have had a little bit of time in victim mode where they're blaming the other person. And I've said it, it actually isn't a blame. It's ended. It's over. It was amazing, but it's done now. So it doesn't matter who did what. It's irrelevant. That's just the story. That's the symptom. It's not the cause. It's simply that it's over. It's done. And the only truth, as Orion Mountain Dreamer says, is that whole be true to yourself thing. And really, if you need a maxim to get through life, if that's the only rule anyone ever gives you, that's the rudder you've got to steer your ship through this messy reality that we live in in this dimension. It's just be true to yourself. And guess what? 
it is the hardest thing to do. It's very hard. It's actually one of the hardest things to do because life is constantly pushing and pulling at you with louder voices and more pressing agendas and things that seem more important or more valuable or more significant or just pressurized. And to, to create this quiet space every day just to be able to tap into your core, your essence, and check back in with what your truth on everything is. First of all, no one makes time for it. And second of all, if they hear it, they usually run screaming because it usually says things like, leave your marriage or change your job or speak up to that person. And we don't want to know about it. Yeah. So your tough, truth, isn't it? it is a big one, it's but therein lies the way forward that you're all secretly deep down yearning for. That's where the answers lie. I want to know if you can see beauty even when it's not pretty every day. And if you can source your own life from its presence, I want to know if you can live with failure, yours and mine, and still stand on the edge of the lake and shout to the silver of the full moon, yes. It's interesting what's been going around Facebook lately with this appreciation thing that everyone's tagging and Oh, yes. I got tagged and haven't done it. I got got tagged and haven't done it too. Can you believe it? (laughs) The Love Life Girls, (laughs) nothing. But I actually, the reason I didn't was I actually thought I actually do a lot of this stuff, but I'm loving that, you know, people are getting amongst it and feeling good. Loving that it's becoming a really mainstream trend. And so in this first sentence, I want to know if you can see the beauty even when it's not pretty every day. I mean, that is that now moment appreciation, that gratitude stuff that everyone, I mean, Oprah tried to get people to do this 15 years ago. Keep a gratitude journal. Yeah. She said it's, it's going back to the basics. You know, you don't even need to keep a literal journal. Maybe just at the end of every day, three things, just say them out loud or hand on the heart of it. You'll think to yourself. Another thing that I try and do with my kids at the table at night when we're eating dinner is, you know, you, you run through those little questions and my kids are very little. They're three and five, but I can say, what was the best thing that happened to you today? What was some, a way that you helped someone today? What was something that you learned today? You know, what was, what was the yuckiest part of the day? Cause we're going to do the whole emotion. They're spectrum. fantastic. Those conversations yeah. and, really important. And you can do them in the car when you're driving. Kids get into sort of different mood when they're driving. Sometimes they get very revealing and they sort of, uh, you know, I love the car drive with teenage yeah. girls. They're trapped. Yeah, mummy's got you. <laughs> Actually, funnily enough, that, that they enjoy it too. But this ability to see beauty is such an important thing because if you start to retrain your neural pathways to actively seek out beauty every single day, you are automatically living in a more beautiful, joyful Look, world. We're actually sitting amongst something that I actually had quite a breakthrough with this kind of concept, and that's my home, which at the moment a bomb has hit it and it's been like this for a little while and it's actually going to continue to be like this for a little while because I'm very time poor at the moment. So I have to find the beauty in amongst mess, which is actually really hard because neatness is very important to me for decluttering of energy and space. So I've had to, by finding gratitude for the fact that how blessed am I to financially be abundant enough to have so much stuff <laughs> to create such a mess. Right. How amazing am I? How lucky and blessed am I to have a husband and two children that actually choose to be home to create this mess? Part of it is because I had a daughter that was blessed enough to have six gorgeous friends that all came for a sleepover the other night and so on and so on. So we find the gratitude in the frustration. We do. That's finding the beauty. It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can get up after the night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone, and do what needs to be done to feed children. That is tough, isn't it? I think every mother has actually done that. 
at some point dragged themselves and made it happen. It's when mum gets the flu and everyone else has got the flu but mum keeps going. I want to know if you will stand in the centre of the fire with me and not shrink back. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's great. It's like that funny little saying that kicks around on the internet that says something about, you know, actually I think it's an Oprah saying that, you know, you want somebody that uh, everyone's happy to ride with you in the limo, but what you really want are the friends that will ride on the bus with you. Oh, it's just so telling, isn't it? And some of the most beautiful, deeply heart-connected, loving, long-lasting marriages I've seen are the couples who've been through extreme trauma together. Like they both lost a child and things like that. Like that, you know, it's actually the dark night of the soul stuff. It's true. It either makes you or breaks you. And because well, it's interesting, a lot of marriages end as the, there's very high statistics of marriages ending when it, there has been a death of a child. Is that right? It's very high. Well, the yeah, ones that so I've the seen, one, yeah, but the ones that make it through end up with the richest. Just, Look, I've often said, like, when, when I've seen a lot of couples, you know, where there's been um, somebody who's had an affair, yeah. if they can work through the issues and both own what the problems were to start that caused the symptom of having the affair because it's just a symptom yeah um they actually do often end up with the strongest of marriages they really do and i've had and and you're right you were about to say it's the dark night of the soul or the deepest it is and i've had two clients come to me recently who've both done the thing which you don't see very often it's the thing where a couple's been together for a very long time lots of long-running cracks whatever they've broken up they've gone away often for years they've done the work and they get back together. And that does happen sometimes when both souls commit to evolving and they can still meet on the same page. The love is still there. The soul connection is still there. They can keep on going. But almost it's like a, a get whole the different relationship. That's, it. That's right. It's totally different. And That's it's fascinating when no, it happens. It is, it's actually exciting. And I've had that happen with clients as well. Mm. You know, they've, they've joined a service like mine to meet new people with the desire of wanting a new relationship and then, Six or 12 months later, I'm getting an email saying, actually, I'm reconciling. And, and my first question will be, are you working on the problems that caused the breakup in the first place? Yeah. Because you don't get back together because you decided that the grass wasn't greener. You've got to fix, do the work. And when they say, yes, they're doing the work and they've had great clarity and it's exciting. Yeah. It's great. Look, there are some matchmakers and, and if, if we wanted to go really, really deep, I would actually say that I am one on a, you know, there's levels, there's yeah. different levels, but on the deepest level is that you actually can have a full-blown beautiful relationship with anybody if you choose to. Mm, that's a controversial statement. This is the last paragraph. It doesn't interest me where or what or with whom you have studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in the empty moments. So who's seen the thing bouncing around Facebook lately and the internet at large, which says that people would, I think it's men predominantly, would rather shock themselves with an electric shock machine than sit alone with their own thoughts quietly for a few minutes. Oh, I haven't seen that. They've, I keep seeing it popping up. You can, I don't know how you Google it. Chuck those search words in and see what you get. But basically they've done an experiment where they've sat people alone and they've realised that we are so now at a point in society so deeply uncomfortable with sitting alone with no stimulation, no phone, no radio, no computer, no friend to talk to. If we just have to sit by ourselves and then they're given the option of a distraction, which is a bit of an electric zap, they'd rather zap than sit and do nothing. 
Now, that is wow. how deep the problem is that we, I'm just looking at this last sentence here. She says, if you truly like the company you keep in the empty moments, well, you are your only company. You are all you've got. You are, you are all you will ever have in this lifetime. Everyone else, I'm sorry, is quite superfluous because the number one relationship in your life is you. And if you don't like yourself, you've got a very big problem. Wow. I'm getting angry. <laughs> you are. That energy. I am getting angry. This goes back to the self-love stuff. Like, come on already, people. It's your duty and responsibility as a conscious, older, responsible, grown-up soul on this planet at this time to really go into the love lessons. And it starts with you. What are you it's eating right now? Your as, own biggest cheerleader. What choices are you making as you listen, listen to this podcast right now? What are you, where are you off to right now? What are you thinking about doing next right now? Look at the decisions in your day to day and ask yourself which ones make you curl up inside and go, ooh, with heaviness and which ones make you bounce out of your seat with joy. And I bet not many of you have a whole lot of joy moments lined up for today and most of them are heavy moments. Start to eliminate the heavy obligations out of your life. And don't tell me it's impossible. Those are all excuses. It's about getting down to the core listening to yourself and doing what your body is craving and calling for you to do for your true and highest purpose. That's also for me that message because Beck knows I have to make a phone call because I have to. I wasn't even thinking of you, yeah. Jay. Oh, it's all about me, <laughs> You darling. just made it's it all, all about, about me. me. Yeah, totally. No, because I have to make a very tough phone call to change something that is right for me and I know it's going to disappoint another. And that is called people talking your talk and walking your walk. My relationships are rich, deep, and authentic. I see you, hear you, and I feel you. Thank you, everybody. Please keep the gorgeous reviews on um, iTunes coming. We just found our reviews yeah, page. I didn't today. even know that. I didn't know that we had ratings and that you even did that. And we've got a five star rating. We Thank have you some, so much. I was blown away by that. We have some and, really amazing messages there, guys. We we can't thank you enough. And also, what we've now done is set up an email subscriber um, form on our Facebook page. So please jump on and put your names down just so we can collect up your emails. Of course, we're never going to spam you or anything, nothing like that. It's just so that if ever Jane and I have products or special deals or extra secret podcasts or things on the go, we're going to let you know about it first. And that page is? is facebook.com forward slash love life show. And for now, I'm Rebecca Detman and you can find me at rebeccadetman.com and you can find me at janedonovan.com.au. Have a beautiful week. Bye. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.